0: Hi there, and welcome to this week's edition of the Gersnet Weekly Podcast, the Independent Rangers Podcast, which is made by fans for fans, where the content is absolutely free. We've, we've got the online stuff at the, at the website, we've got articles, previews and we also have the forums all free, all content is free. Uh, if this is the first time you've, you've listened to the, the pod, please subscribe, we would encourage you to subscribe and to share on social media. We are live tonight, we are live on YouTube, uh, however the podcast will be available to stream or download from tomorrow on a variety of platforms including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher and Spotify. So, lots to get through tonight. It's been a really busy week. A lot's happening through the week. We had the the Hibs game, obviously, through the week. We've had all the stuff with Jim Trainer and Michael Stewart and all that stuff. The Hamilton game yesterday, that's the main talking point. We'll we'll, we'll look at that first. Another wee bits and bobs. And we'll look at the, the forthcoming game on Wednesday, a tricky game on Wednesday, at Colmanoch, so I'll get right into it and bring the guys in this week. Eh, I've got two absolute stalwarts of the pod. Eh, the first one is Ian Duff. I'm doing this in alphabetical alpha, order, alpha, by the way, guys. Before he's followed with me. First one is Ian Duff. How are you doing, Ian? Not too bad, thanks. Go there in the end. A wee bit of panic when I tried to go live there on the YouTube, but we got there. Eh?
1: Well, it's old age for
0: you. <laughs> so eh, before we came on, air, we came on air, we were talking about the whole storm business. So you, you were telling us about your fence. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Sad days. It's uh, fences down.
0: <laughs> third year in a row. Third year you. in a row? There we go. Right. You gone for nine <laughs> <laughs> Well my my gates away, my back garden gates away as well. Uh so I, I feel your pain. Uh I and it's it's been uh, it's been really bad where we were the day, I must admit it was it was pretty Pretty scary at one point, but it's all calmed down a wee bit now. So just waiting on the snow. Uh, and also joining us tonight, we've got we've got David Wren and I think he's he's got through the uh, storm, Kira or Cara or whatever her name is. You've got through it relatively okay, have you not, David?
2: I just I just stay indoors all the time, Colin. So, uh, <laughs> there's not much no that can that can happen there. But we do live in an attic flat, so I've heard that. But um, but luckily, don't have a garden, so I've none of the.
0: No, uh, sort of real issues like, like you two. I know, I mean... The, uh, they are big issues, by the way. The, they are big issues. That I was absolutely <laughs> gutted when I saw my gate away. There's <laughs> something else to do. Uh, aye, and as what it is, I suppose, but it's, ah, it's been pretty bad. Uh, so, guys, I thought we'd, we'd look at the Hamilton game first. Uh, you know, that Scottish Cup tie yesterday out at Hamilton... Not the best of performances, but got the job done kind of similar to what Celtic had done the week before at Hamilton. You know, sort of huffed and puffed, but ended up winning 4-1. Ian, I'll come to you first. Uh, I mean, I missed the game yesterday. Uh, my boy was playing in football in Motherwell on the other side of the motorway there. So I was kind of following it on Twitter. Uh, and then on the way back home, I was listening to it on the radio in the car. And then I watched, for the purposes of tonight's show, I'd done the research when I got home. I sort of watched the main events. Uh, I'd recorded the game. As I said earlier, one of those performances where, you know, there was the, the, the start of the bad weather kicking in, you know, when I was in Motherwell yesterday, it was really blustery, really cold. It was bright and sunny, but, you know, you could you could tell that, 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 that what came today was coming. Artificial surface, you know, all those things playing into uh, the, the, the situation. The eleven it 11, they went with basically the same team and, and brought in Kamara for Davis. I mean, overall, is, was it was it was it just one of them? Ian, just get the job done and see where we end up.
1: I mean, I think that was it. I mean, it was one of these games. I mean, all the things you mentioned there—the conditions, the uh, the pitch, factor. You know, Hamlin were always going to be up for it, and and uh, a cup tie, and and the uh, fact that we've been a bit off form, well, uh, considerably off form, I suppose, uh, since the since the turn of the year. So, I mean, all those factors. Coming together, really, you were just looking for a for a win of any sort, and I think the you know maybe four one put a bit of a, a gloss on it, but when I mean, you know, there's no doubt Rangers deserved deserved the win, but there was a few, a few sort of iffy moments throughout it, but generally speaking, they got the job done, and that was that was what you just had to hope for, really, and that um, you know they they got there in
0: the end. David, the first goal scored for Scott Arfield, who we'll talk about a wee bit later on. You know, a lot of players have been off form recently, and he seems to have taken advantage of that, so we'll talk about that a wee bit later on. But the first goal, I mean, I don't think there was any complaints about the penalty. It looked like a stone wall from from what I could see. Arfield takes it, he misses it, but gets a rebound. Now we've had a few missed penalties, and I think that's the third or fourth missed penalty in a row now. Tav was on them for a while, and he got taken off after a few misses. There was obviously the, the Morelos penalty kick. Uh, in the cup final he's missed that so it seems to be an issue the, the, the penalties at the moment I saw an interview with Scott Arfield after the game he he felt pretty confident that he would stay on them even though he missed it because he got the rebound, what about yourself is, do you think this penalty kicker thing is becoming an issue and, and is there maybe a case to say you know what, let's give it back to Tav um, I think in the first point you
2: may think in terms of the penalty it was good to see uh, Manella's sort of in a position like that, because I think he's he's he has been slightly off form, which is understandable. I think given the circumstances he's found himself in the past couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I mean, Arfield again—it's a funny one because he's not someone you would you would immediately think would would be a natural, you know, uh, choice to take a penalty. I, I don't think in the team when you look around it, um, and he's obviously missed it and. and Luckily got the rebound. But yeah, I think the Tavernier thing, he he scored so many penalties in a row and then obviously went through a bit of a bad spell. It's not something that we've had, you know, we get a lot of, um, I think if you look to the stats, that would probably be the case certainly recently. um, I don't think we've had that many. I I think he had a level of consistency that perhaps no one else has, has shown so yeah, I think given the amount of goals that he scored from penalties, I, I would have thought it should they should go back to him. But I mean you don't know what's going on at the training ground as well, because I know most football teams will have a, a sort of penalty competition that will then lead to whoever wins that then taking the next penalty. So I don't I don't know what's what's going on at the training ground, but certainly it'd be better to have a, a consistent penalty taker rather than this sort of thing where you've got different people taking them all the time. It would really cost us in the cup final uh, when Morella's taking it, who should never have taken that penalty. Um, and yeah, obviously that's another miss yesterday, albeit we, we scored from the rebound. So yeah, I think if it's if it's not going to be Tavalli, we need someone, we need to know who it is and it needs to be someone that's confident enough to, to, to step up and take them.
1: I thought Hadji might have taken the penalty yesterday when it was given. Yeah. Whether he's maybe just in too soon, it would have been a, a bit. If he if he'd missed it, it could have uh, it could have been a, an early uh, sour note for his uh, his Rangers career. But I, I thought he might have stepped up. But I think you're right. I think uh, uh, Tavernier's you know, over the years, he's he's been so consistent. He went through that dodgy spell where he where he missed a few. But you know, I think it's all about confidence, isn't it? And you know, hopefully. You know, after a, a bit of time away, uh, he would come back and and get back on the back in the swing of things again. Because I mean, he, he, technically, he, you technically you you never any problem he, he, I can't remember the number that he scored, but you know, he, you know, scored an incredible number of penalties over a couple of years. So you know, he's capable. So why why not have
0: him taking? I'm a bit like you, Ian. I, I, I as I said, I was I was watching my boy in Motherwell. So, I was following it on Twitter when I saw that Rangers have been awarded the penalty. I, I, I saw something through the week. I think it was Jordan Campbell at the Athletic had done something saying that Hadji can take penalties. He's he's two footed in that respect. He can score with his left or his right when it comes to penalty kicks. Mm-hmm. So, I did kind of think there was maybe a chance he would get it, but they went with Arfield. And as I said, he seems fairly confident that he's he's going to hold on to it. But I mean, the thing with Arfield as well is, you know, he's 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 in a position at the moment where he's not an automatic start. You know, he's in the team at the moment because a few players are off form and Ryan Jack's out injured. You know, so there's there's, there's scope to get him in the team, but for him being the, 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 the main penalty taker may be an issue because towards Christmas there when Rangers were in that sort of solid run of form, you know, he he was he wasn't starting every game, so mm. I, I think it would be an issue if it was if it was going to be our field. So there maybe as a case to say that, that, that it goes back to tab, but, but it certainly seems to me to be an issue. When I saw we'd missed it and scored the rebound, I thought that's you know, we're missing more than we score at the moment, and it, and it, and it seems to me that it's becoming an issue. Uh, Ian, did, I mean, we got the lead, and it's always a case in these games against teams like Hamilton. You know, when, when you get the first goal, the tendency is to feel that that's it. We're, you know, we're home and hoes. We just need to get the second and the third. But we didn't really hold on to the lead that, that long. Uh, Hamilton made a substitution in the first half. And uh, the boy that came on, Marios Ogamboy, or something, I do mean, terrible pronunciations, but he came on really caused us problems. Uh, and he was involved in the goal. He set up Lewis, Lewis Smith. The first thing was, to me, the, the, there seemed to be a big gap between goals and, and Tav. The second thing for me was Edmondson's attempt to, to block Lewis Smith, you know, the, the tackle he's t- to sort of stop him getting shot away was, was pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, 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 again, it's one of these incidents where you kind of feel for catch You know, I, I don't think catch has done that much wrong, you know, any time he's played for Rangers this season. And again, another defensive lap, and you, sorry, laps. And if you, I, I just kind of get the feeling if that was Katic, you know, he would be called out for it. Uh, I, I still think there's an issue defensively, and I think that goal yesterday proved that. What about yourself? How did you see it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Katic had a bit of a. I don't think he a great game against Stabordine. I think that's probably what's uh, uh, sort of been uh, held against him. But yeah, I mean, generally speaking, he's done okay. But you know, I I actually thought the defence has been, despite all the through the sort of lack of form since this turn of the year. I thought the defence has been okay. Not brilliant, but okay. But, uh, but just for about 10, 15 minutes yesterday, they, they just seemed to just go a bit mad. You know, they, they looked really uncomfortable. Um, there was big, as you say, there was big gaps between the the players uh, and the defence that Hamilton were able to run into. And they looked uncomfortable. They looked nervous when the ball was coming towards them. There was another one just a bit later on where I think it was Edmondson uh, had a real... Uh, uh, sort of swing at it and missed it, and uh, Hamilton got through. I think that was the one where uh, where Kamara got back to to defend the the, the chance when the guy was uh, clean through, um, which actually saved us uh, at that point. Because I think I think at that point it was one all, so they're going two one down at half time, and um, yeah, they just look for that sort of ten fifteen minutes before half time, really dodgy. And you know, there's been a few cases like that throughout the season. The Aberdeen game away, where we were so far on top, and then just for that ten minutes, just went, uh, just lost concentration and just looked really nervous, and and, and, and you know, which is strange because some of the other, most of the rest of the time, you know, look really confident and sort of quite dominant in defence. So, don't know, I'm not really sure what the what the cause of that is, but you know, obviously it's something that needs to be to be looked at, whether it's personnel or whether it's just the whether the way they're playing. Perhaps uh, yesterday it was something to do, you know, playing on that pitch and the conditions. I think maybe there was a bit of nervousness came in when when Hamilton sort of pushed forward, which they didn't do very often in the first half, so maybe it was that. But yeah, I mean it's definitely uh, definitely a bit of a bit of a concern. But you know, I I don't know. Kat, you know, Katic has his moments, you know, he's 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 strong and, and uh and dominant sometimes, but he's occasionally just looks a bit um Makes the wrong decisions sometimes, but then, you know, he's a relatively young guy, um, so maybe that's just one of these things we have to uh, accept.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I mean you're right. I mean, there was the, the, the Aberdeen game. He was he did struggle. Uh, but I just think he seems to be the one that always gets punished for it. You know, what I mean, I've seen other players make mistakes and they, they keep their place in the team. I, mean, I, don't, catch, think, I has... don't think
1: there's any chance that uh, Golden will be dropped unless you know no. something catastrophic happens. I think I think uh, Gerard trusts him, and, and you know, even if he does make occasional mistakes, which he, he has done, you know, his distribution sometimes isn't brilliant, and occasionally makes mistakes. But I think overall, his contribution is in the the positive and I think Gerard trusts him on the pitch as a as one of his uh, leaders on there. So I think, you know, he's always going to be the first choice unless he's injured or or something bad happens. And uh it's who who goes alongside him. And I wouldn't say any of the the three so far have looked like they've staked the claim to be there permanently. They've all had good games and and certainly uh uh, Katic and Helmanders particularly have, have, have done well, but uh, but they've all had their moments as well, where you've just thought, you ah, know, not entirely convinced. But you know,
0: as I say, maybe that's just what we have to to live with. Yeah, David, going at half time, one each, and Stephen Gerrard, uh, he said after the game yesterday. And it feels like it's not the first time he said that recently. That he he had to rattle a few at half time was his words. And I, I, again, it it feeds into this feeling that you know since the winter break we've just been sluggish. The tempo has been really down on on, on the sort of levels it was at you know before the break, and just a feeling that we've have not re- got anywhere near the levels uh, that, that that we were shown you know, through that, that sort of December period, especially, you know, where they're real tough running fixtures in December and we've done really, really well on them. Since we've come back, we've struggled. Gerard's had Tate and, and his words rattle a few again. We seem to be going over this every week at the moment, but can you put your finger on why that is the case? Because it, it, it's baffling me as to why we are where we are at the moment and why we look so sluggish. I
2: think it, I think the... Sluggish aspect of it. it was probably the first couple of games after after the break, and now we're probably suffering from a lack of confidence. that's come from that um, that run. I think it's been obviously been a six point swing in the in the league. We've gone from yeah, a great position, uh, teeing off with of a game in hand, and we're, we're four points behind rather and two points ahead. So. Mentally, I think that will affect the players. I think the fact that they know they're not playing well, you know, they can probably sense the tension in the stadium when they're playing. The fact there's been so many home games since they came back, that doesn't help either. I think the pressure will be immense on them to, to produce. So I think we probably had a, an aspect of you know sluggishness coming back from the break, which has then cost us points in uh, certain games. Which has then led to, you know, a lack of confidence and a lack of sort of impetus in games. But hopefully, even just the scoreline yes, they hopefully will, will psychologically be good for us because it will, you know, scored a few goals, got got back confidence back, hopefully, and, and we're able to, to win the game comfortably. And I think we probably needed a game like that yesterday, you know, tough conditions against a kind of stuffy side, um, to then you know, get a few goals and, and be, in, be in a position to, to win a game comfortably because we've obviously not managed to do that since we, since we came back.
1: I think Another thing as well is, I mean,
2: there, there's been
1: key players out since we came back from the the break. So, Tavernier was out, Morelos was out, Jack's been out. And I know, you know, we've got a squad and they should be able to cover that. But as soon as you start changing the team, and especially when it's th- possibly the three most influential players in, in the team that are out at the same time, that's gonna have an effect and that, that's gonna knock out the uh, you know the, the way the team plays. As well as that, you know, the momentum that was building up before Christmas. If we'd another game after the Celtic game to if we got that game in hand done then or, or whatever, then we would be sitting in a completely different position now. But the, the momentum was gone and, you know, that break sort of you know, just just killed everything off, and, and then with it coming back with the, the players missing, then you know, I mean, it probably it shouldn't happen, but it, you know, it's it's probably understandable that sometimes that is what happens. Um, but you know, we you need to get through it. The the ideal would have been as if we were playing badly and still still managed to get the results, but we've had a couple of stinking results, so that's that's uh, as uh, David said, that's affected the confidence and it's put more more and more pressure on. So. We'll just have to see how the players cope with the pressure, but hopefully they'll, you know, they'll, they'll be able to kick on from these last two results anyway and, uh, and start
2: getting the momentum back again. I think with a few. I mean, it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just after the break. You know, we think back to Boxing Day and, and the Carmelit game as well. We were on that day, um, and then you know, one Morellas goal, a sort of narrow victory over what was a killy side struggling for confidence I mean it was I think a lot it's easy to we did that it was the same last year as well and I think we we sort of forgot that we had a bad spell just before the Celtic game um, and then we obviously beat the at Ibrook last season everyone sort of forgot and then this season was the same we did a couple of sort of shaky wins which shaky performances um, so it's probably all led up to to this and it's, it's just a difficult spell we've gone through but you've got to hope that after, after yesterday they can hopefully we'll come out on the other, other side of that.
1: But every every team goes through bad spells, don't they, in, in a season and you, the, the, I suppose the important thing is that well, you you get results during that bad spell and, and you get through it and you don't, don't let it completely derail your season. But I mean, you know, we've had a couple of bad results which hasn't hasn't helped but you know, worse than, I think I think if if we win the rest of our games, we win the league. That's that's the reality. So, you know, whether that's ha- likely to happen or is another matter. But you know, you know, we're still we're still there or thereabouts. You know, it's not by any I means. I know everyone was chucking the towel in uh, last week, but I, mean, I don't think that's
0: uh, anywhere near the case yet. Ian, that I mean, the second goal. I I think the second goal provides evidence, and example of you know, why we've been so poor. You know, I, I've, I've been arguing for a while. I've heard people talk about the system. I've heard people talk about injuries, like stuff that you've just mentioned there, which are all valid points, and I would, I would never argue against them uh, totally, you know. But my main issue with, with Rangers' form recently has been the amount of players that we really rely on that, that just aren't performing. And two guys that were involved in the second goal yesterday, Ryan Kent and Aribo, are probably two of those guys. Uh, you know, so I mean, the second goal, great run from Kent doing down that left hand side, got to the byline, cut it back, and I, it, it, it's the sort of finish that I, I I do myself at the fives every week, guys. You know, just pushing it into the bottom corner. You, you don't you don't need to put any power in it because all the power's on the cross. You just need to direct it and cushion it into the corner. Two guys showing what they're potentially, you know, that's the potential that they've got. You know, they can. Are you, talking into, story, Colin,
2: are you talking about Kent and Arriba? You and Arriba for the finishing. Eh,
0: <laughs> Kent and the right so if you ever saw me on a Wednesday you would know David right but uh,
2: it's not potential it's class
0: it's class yeah, and, it, and it's permanent forms and you know it, it, it performs temporary but class is permanent but you know those two guys in that moment shown what they're capable of and I just don't think they've done it enough since the break I mean I, th- I think that both those guys are performances at Easter Road in December, I think both were on the score sheet that night. You know, really had an impact in the game. I, I think since the winter break, Ian, they've not really done that. And I think that's part of the problem, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would I would treat Kent and Arevo differently. I think, you know, with Kent, we've spent £7 million on him. We're expecting big things from him. He's a, you know, he's a, you know, Marquis signing. He's the the guy that uh, you know, who who should be delivering all the time. So, yeah, he's dis- definitely been disappointing uh, since since the turn of the year. Um, Aribo, I would be more, I'd, I'd be a bit uh, more forgiven of because I still think he, he's a guy who's developing as a player. And still, you know, he's going to be inconsistent. And I think, you know, we wouldn't necessarily want to be relying on him every single week. So, you know, I think he's somebody who will come in and out of the team. Kent definitely uh, has to deliver. I think it's not his fault. He's the the most expensive player we've got in the squad at the moment. But that's that's the reality of it. So he's got to deliver on that. the thing about Kent is, as well, though he, you know, he's he's one of these players that plays better in certain types of games. His, you know, his pace is uh, is one of his main attributes. And if you play against a team that sits deep and, and you know just plays a sort of blocking game, then it's really difficult for him to to uh, to use that pace uh, to to its best effect. So That's why I suppose he's really effective in uh, games that are a bit more open or games against uh, teams that are more likely to have a go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would say he's definitely got to up his uh, game, up his consistency more than he's up his game. I think that's the thing. Aribo, uh, you know, I think I think he's still... Uh, I've, I've got, still got a, a, a bit of, uh, sort of goodwill towards him because I still think he's... Uh, uh, he's a developing player that's still uh, in his first season at a, a big club and, uh, you know, he's he's done he's done not too bad, I don't think, overall.
0: David, the, the, there's another one who I think has been underperforming since we came back in January uh, and that's Barisic. He went off injured yesterday uh, and we got to see Andy Halliday uh, come on. The, the, the thing with Barisic, you know, I feel like things like his delivery, you know, his, his delivery again. And that build-up to the, the, the winter break was spot-on. I mean, he got the two assists in the game against Celtic. And it was just, it was unplayable at times the way he was playing. And since he's came back, I just don't think he's, he's hit those levels. And again, that's impacting the team and how we're playing. Because I think the system that Rangers are, are using at the moment is heavily reliant on both him and Tavernier you know, getting the ball into the box. He's he's not in form, but he's potentially out of the game on uh, on Wednesday night. And you're kind of, uh, 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 how can I put it? It's, it's almost like two minds, you know, you're kind of thinking he's not playing that well. But even still, we're probably going to miss him on Wednesday night if he's not playing.
2: I think uh, he probably just sums up the way the team's played. You know, and as you say, he is such an important player. So when he doesn't play, Well, um, and and then having been without, you know, Tavernier for a few games there, you know, I think there was even more pressure in Barisic and and perhaps that's maybe not quite the the height he's at yet. Just in his confidence, I think he he showed a a great deal before the break. Um, There was obviously a lot of pressure on his shoulders while while Tavernier was was out. And I think his, his performances probably were just in line with that of the rest of the team, which were just below... Um, below average and, and not not very good, but as you say, you know to not have them when we go to rugby Park on through the week uh, is a blow because I think that will be a it'll be a stuffy tough game. They've had a few good results recently, and um, I think the idea of having a you know Andy Halliday and that's not quite much fit in that pitch. Up against their you know, their middle to front, whether or not too bad, it's probably not ideal. And I think we probably will miss him. You know, if not going forward, certainly defensively, I think we'll miss, we'll miss some, you know, certainly our, uh, our first choice, first choice left back, I think you always do. And there's no doubt it's a blow, regardless of whether he's playing well or not. I think to to lose him, from the
0: game on Wednesday in face and face playing Halliday, who's barely played this season, um, is far from far from out. No, I'd agree. And Halliday was I mean, he, he was just on and Hamilton you know, sort of lumped the ball on in his area and he, he lost the header and, and Hamilton could have equalised almost straight away. Uh I mean I've I've got a lot of time for Andy Halliday, I like him, but you know, I I, I, I wouldn't want to go to a game against opponents like Kilmarnock at Rugby Park. Uh, with him and the team, uh, because he it, it, it seems to go through peaks and troughs, Andy Halliday, and he certainly seems to be in a trough at the moment, and I think some of the comments by Steven Gerrard in the winter break when they were uh, over in Dubai about players not taking their chance, I think he was certainly one of those players that he was aiming at with those comments, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not overly as much as I, I feel uh, Barisic hasn't been at his best, you know, since we've came back. The thought of going to Rugby Park on Wednesday with him not on the team doesn't make me feel comfortable. On the positive side, Ian, there there, there was another player who's not really hit the ground running since we came back. Admittedly, he was suspended. Morels, you know, he missed a couple of games through suspension. But when he did come back, he still looked a wee bit off it and, you know, a bit sulky at times, you know, sort of falling into bad habits a wee bit. Got his first goal in 2020 yesterday. You know, sometimes that's all striker needs just to sort of lift that weight off their shoulder and that, that sort of gets them rolling again. Do you think that's good for his confidence? Do you think that, that'll maybe get him off and running again? Well, I hope so.
1: Um, you know, I think you're right. You know, strikers always sort of thrive on goals, don't they? And, uh, and I think Morelos, more than any, uh, or more than many, uh, does as well. And, and he, he does, when, he, when things aren't going right for him on the pitch... You know, he does He does have that sort of air of uh, sort of sulky teenager about him um, that, you know, sometimes, whether, you know, sometimes I think it is just a, an air of it. You know, I don't necessarily think it's uh, it's always the case that he's, uh, he's unhappy uh, necessarily, but, he, you know, he has, he has that look about him. So he, sometimes you can't tell from his body language just exactly what he's, what his mood is. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know, undoubtedly, he's, he's looked off the pace. I thought he looked... I think he, you know he's he's always difficult to defend against. You know, I think most uh, most you know a lot of, even when things aren't going brilliantly for him. You know, he's he's still a a, a threat and he's still a, a a thorn in the side of uh, defenders. And if he's on the pitch, then they're always on their toes because they have to uh, keep an eye out for him because he can pop up anywhere and, and get a goal. Um, but you know, he's he didn't look. To me, to be particularly confident or happy throughout that game yesterday, for one reason or another, maybe you know, maybe the way things are going, that's uh, understandable. But um, the, yeah, hopefully the goal will you know, yeah, let him kick on. I mean, as even the same way as we're talking about the results, uh, the, the result yesterday might help the teams a whole. Hopefully, his contribution as a as, as getting the goal will will help because um, you know. He's, he's so important to the team at the moment, especially with uh, Defoe's injury. We don't really know what uh, Camberry is going to provide. He's really just his backup anyway. So we're, you know, we're completely relying on Morelos to to do the business um, as a striker. So it's it's really important that we get him firing again. And you know, it's partly it's up to partly it's up to the manager to. to Identify if there's a problem and, and and deal with it and however he can. partly up to the player to just uh, get on with it and, and do his do his stuff. But you know, we really, we really need him to be scoring regularly again, like as he was before Christmas, because uh, at the moment he's uh, he's key to our success.
0: David, I mean, Arfield made it four by an absolute screamer. <laughs> uh, potentially goal of, the, goal of the round, really. You know? and, and, and it was from distance. but he, I mean, he never put the laces through it. they sort of side-footed it with a bit of power, passed it into that top corner. Uh, and as I said earlier on, he seems to be someone who's, he's, you know, he, last season he was, he was in the team most weeks. This season that he seems to be in and out. You know, Rangers have, have found a system where he can't quite find a place within it. Uh, but recently, because of the injuries and all the rest of it, he seems to be taking advantage of this this opportunity he's been given. He's scored a few goals and he's put in some decent performances.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's a good player. He's, he's certainly, <clears throat> I think I've said on here before, in my, in my eyes, certainly one of our best players. Um, and, yeah, when he, when he plays well, and I think he's he's thriving in that role now, in the center of the park, I think the, the wide position, what... The time, but I think once once team sort of got done to that, it was difficult for him uh, just because he wasn't quite as out out winger as, as perhaps we needed <clears> there. <throat> and yeah, but no, I think I think certainly he's taken taken advantage of the fact that he's back in the middle of the park, and I think his experience in there can can only benefit us. But for me, the the issue with that midfield three the moments that find the right balance and I just don't know, I think that's one thing that Gerald's maybe struggling with at the moment because I think there's certainly a place for Glenn Kamara in there, I just think at the moment and the balance of the the three that Gerald's choosing sometimes, it's not really working to Kamara's advantage. Um, Obviously Ryan Jack, when he's fit, is a a first choice, Stephen Davis, one of our our best players as well, And then you've got guys like Greg Stewart and and stuff like that that offer, and Arebo as well, that offer something just completely different uh, in that area. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see once once everyone's fit what what three he goes with. But certainly, Arfield's um, not done himself any harm going back in there. Um, And he'll he'll certainly hope that he's he's got a part to play with with the rest of the season.
0: Ian, the, the the draw was done today. It looks it looks like it's going to be a it's going to be a tricky one. You know, we've been to Tyne Castle twice already this season. Uh, Drew once, lost a couple of weeks back there. Probably in terms of a cup draw, you couldn't have asked for much worse, really. Would you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, given the, the uh,
1: results at Tyne Castle this season already, then you know, struggled, but hearts up on the table. You know that. Tells you that really they're not that good, and okay, they might raise a game when they come to play us, but you know, we should be capable of beating them. Um, it's a tricky, a tricky uh, you know, any any away draw. I think at this stage of the competition is probably going to be relatively difficult. Um, but you know, I think we should hopefully, uh, with a bit of momentum by that time, uh, be able to do it. And I think you know, I really think it's so we want to be over dramatic about it, we really need to win a trophy. And, you know, the leagues, sort of maybe you could argue sixty forty against us at the moment in terms of percentages. Um, perhaps our best chance of winning a trophy this season is going to be the Scottish Cup. Um, so, you know, we need to win it. You know, we need to win that, that tie. We need to get to the next round. And we need to win that. And we need to get to the final. We need to win that. So, you know, it's, potentially is a difficult tie, but it's it's definitely players they now need to rise to the occasion and understand what, what they have
0: to do, which is win this game. Right, guys, I, th- I think we've sort of covered just of these games, so I thought we'd move on to the Hibs game through the week, which like a wee discussion over that. Uh, there was probably one main thing that came out of it, uh, and that was Bobby Madden, which we'll come on to discuss. But in terms of the game, another really sluggish performance uh, when one nil down, you would have to say Alan McGregor was was at fault for the goal. You know, there was a couple of claims for a foul and all the rest of it. But from from where I was sitting in the government stand, it just looked like he he'd made a mistake. One nil down, you start to get that feeling it's going to be one of those nights again. Good time to get the equaliser. Emerson scored just before half time. Second half, I thought we were a, a lot sharper, uh, just lacking a wee bit of quality, if you know what I mean. Just lacking that sort of creativity in the final third, but. You know, in, in, in terms of chances created and, you know, possession of the ball, it was, it was pretty much all Rangers. We just struggled a wee bit to break them down. David, in terms of, of Bobby Madden's performance, especially one incident uh, with Morelos and Ryan Stevenson. I mean, I'd, I had a guy at the game on Wednesday night, a guy from Blackpool, a guy called Dean Rhodes. Hi, Dean, if you're listening, and he's, no, he'd, he'd, like, he's never been to a game in Scotland before. And the first thing he said after the game to me was, what's going on with the referees up here? That's one of the worst refereeing performances I've seen in my life. Uh, and it was hard to disagree with him, you know what I mean? And I had to see him, well, it's pretty much like that every week up here. And that that one incident with Morelos and uh, Stevenson, I mean, that, that just summed it up, really. I think
2: uh, for me, it's not just one referee or one decision that's made. I think overall, the the standard up here is just just not good enough. I'm afraid, and you know, I don't, again, I don't think there's any bias, or you know, I don't think there's any anything other than just incompetence from from referees uh, in this country, and it's something that that I is a bugbear for me. Because I just think it's they're, they're being paid a lot of money um, to do a job, and perhaps the perhaps authorities aren't helping referees in this country either. Because obviously, a lot of them, you know, they're not full time in what they do, and it's, it's different to down south where they've their referees are. You know, it's a full time job as being a referee. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, for me, Bobby Madden isn't one that I particularly. Think is is extremely poor. I've got, I've got others like Andrew Dallas and, and Nick Walsh. who I think have the have the completely wrong attitude in, in the way they the way the referee football games. Um, I think Madden probably at least treats the players with a bit more um, respect than, than than some of the guys do. Um, and I think there's a few of them in the, in the league that certainly go about their business in a, in a decent way. But it doesn't hide the the, the general incompetence of some of the refs uh, in this country which is a real issue and I think you know I mean we need to find ways to, to help them get better because ultimately a lot, of the, a lot of the decisions that have been made in grounds up and down Scotland on a weekly basis are making, making are hurting the, the reputation of the leagues I think and making us look a bit stupid because they're so amateur at times, it's, it's ridiculous. And, yeah, as, as you say, there was a couple of decisions on, on Wednesday night that, that certainly fit into that narrative. And, and I think just it feels like you have a conversation about referees a lot, um, you know, in podcasts and newspapers online and social media. And the amount of energy that goes into discussing referees is just not... Conducive to progressing the game in the country, and I think that's that's the biggest issue for me. And I think it is general general incompetence rather than anything anything that's any more sinister than
1: that. I think you're right as well, uh, but the incompetence. But the, the trouble with that is, is that it just feeds into the whole. Uh, it allows the conspiracy theories and it allows the accusations of bias and all the rest of it to 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 be. You know, continued because, as you say, they don't do themselves any favours. They, you know, that that decision uh, on Wednesday night uh, is just laughable. You know, I mean, you you couldn't how anybody could stand there and watch that uh, with you know who's never been in a football ground before and not think that that was something that deserved to be uh, punished in a and and a by with a yellow card. Bigger's belief, and you know, for a, somebody who's a you know professional referee to to see that, and it just I I don't I, you know the mind boggles really because I mean it was just there was there was no attempt to play the ball. It was you know just you know he just threw him to the ground. And as I said, I, sort of right after it, I actually thought that he was going to at very least
0: yellow card Morelos. That, that that's time, the point I was about to come to Ian, see when see when Madden runs across to the he, he makes a beeline for Morelos. And it's interesting that Sky, uh, on their website, they were doing their minute-by-minute minute update, you know, for people who couldn't watch the game and all the rest of it. And the update that they provided was, Morelos loves a scrap. He, he grapples Ryan Stevenson to the ground and squares up to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you sometimes think a, a referee is actually buying into this narrative that surrounds but- Morelos.
1: That that's that is you know, but specifically with Morelos, and you get it with other players as well. Um, but yeah, with Morelos especially, you know, the first reaction perhaps for a referee is to look at that incident from the point of view of uh, what's he done now, and 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 thinking maybe maybe they're influenced to to punish him, or po- possibly as the case is, maybe they're f- fearful of not punishing him because they know the backlash that will result if if he's done something. Uh, and they've missed it, and then there's a huge hoo-ha for the next three days about it, then that affects their uh, their uh, reputation. Uh, and so sometimes for their point of view, it's easier for them to uh, to make that decision, uh, you know, whether they are 100% confident about it or not. And that was the impression I got when, when you know, like you say, he, he looked to me as if he was going to go straight to Morelos and, to be honest I would not have been surprised if he'd uh, given them a a yellow or a red card in fact because you know if he'd thought he'd he'd thrown them to the ground then I could uh, you know I could easily see that happen so but you know which would have been insane but then not yellow card and the the Hibs player in that situation seemed insane as well so you know they don't really help themselves you know for, for whatever reason whether it is just incompetence or whether it's uh, they're scared of uh, of the consequences if they make certain decisions or or don't make certain decisions. You know, and that's uh, you know that's back to this strange narrative we have in Scottish football sometimes that uh, that we can't seem to get away from.
0: I mean, the, I mean the standard the refereeing has frustrated me for 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 a good while, and uh, it's interesting that David highlighted Andrew Dallas because I thought his refereeing of the game against Aberdeen. I think he refereed that game. It actually felt like he was ripping the piss at times. He was just deliberately making decisions to rile up people. You know what I mean? And I've known referees. I mean, I've only played at amateur level, and I do know one uh, guy who was a top-grade referee who's refereed games that, that I've been involved in. And there was a bit of that with him as well. You know, he would just sort of, it was just a laugh and just make decisions just to piss people off. And it felt like like Dallas was doing that in in that Aberdeen game. And so I find it interesting that David commented on his attitude because I think there is an attitude with with Andrew Dallas which is not healthy. And I don't think he's respected by a lot of players. With Bobby Madden, I think it's maybe different. It's maybe, as you say, Ian, it's maybe incompetence. I don't know. But I certainly feel on Wednesday night that one that he missed with Morellis was the whole thing looks to me like the minute there's an incident involving Morelos, referees are just thinking, well, it must be him. It must be Morelos. So when somebody like Ryan Stevenson puts his arms around him, grabs him, flings him to the ground, Bobby Madden's automatic reaction is, I'm going to run to Morelos and duke him. And uh, it's worrying. And and I found it quite interesting that a guy that's never been to a Scottish football game before, his first comment to me after the game was... (laughs) What your referees are about up here—that was that was absolutely shocking. So, yeah, I, it's something that needs to be dealt with. How you do it—I'm I'm not going to get into the VAR issue. That's another thing entirely. I was going to say that, but no. I mean, I You know,
1: VAR, whether you like it or not—and I don't—and I've said that before—but it wouldn't have. You know, in situations like that, it's all these little incidents actually throughout the game that you know VAR doesn't—you uh, know—come into it at all. You you still need referees to be able to. Be capable of doing their job. you know, yeah. And and if they're not capable of doing that, then it doesn't, you know, they might miss, you know, the VAR might pick up on an offside goal or a, a foul in the penalty area or whatever, but they're not going to be going back and reviewing uh, individual little incidents that happened throughout the game that we all see throughout the game. And, you know, we all think, how, how did that decision get made? But, you know, VAR's never going to step in there. So it needs the referees to step up and, and you know, or, or, on the other hand, maybe he just needs everyone just to get on with it and just accept that they're terrible and yeah, just try and live uh, with it. But you know, it's you know that's not necessarily the, the better
0: option. David, uh, we ended up winning the game, very very late winner from Haji. Uh, to wrap up the Hibs chat, has he impressed you since he's arrived? Um, I mean, the
2: sad thing was when. I- when I, I wasn't at the game on Wednesday night and when I saw that we'd actually scored, I'd long given up uh, that we were actually going to get the winner. So I did see that we'd won. It was, rather, than, rather than celebrating, it was just a thank God and I just sighed a huge uh, relief. But yeah, I think that's... It was good for the boy to get a goal. Um such an important one as well. It's difficult to say so soon, I think... Yes, they gave the ball away quite cheaply a few times. I think he maybe wasn't getting to grips with the pitch uh, the best, uh, the best way. But yeah, I think I think eventually it will show his class. I think he just need, he you know, have um, got to be patient with him and, and make sure that he, you know, gets support that he needs uh, to to be a success at, at Rangers. I think that's the main thing. And I think he, he certainly showed in flashes what he can do. Um, and hopefully
1: we just see a bit more of that. Everything I've read about him so far has suggested that he's a, you
2: know,
1: he's a player that will learn from things as, as they happen in the game. And, and you know, he'll, he'll take that on board, you know, so hopefully, you know, yesterday's game, yeah, he, you know, sometimes he, he struggled a bit with the, uh, with, with the physical nature of it and the, the pitch and possibly the conditions, but you'd hope that, you know, he'll learn from that and, you know, that will make him a better player as as time progresses. I think that's the idea of it, isn't it? He's, you know, you know, he's he's, you know, he's got potential. There's no doubt about that. And hopefully, playing uh, playing this Rangers team will will improve him uh, from his point of view, and, uh, and we will get the the best out of. Him. And,
0: and in terms of you're moving on from the Hibs game now, guys, there was a couple incidents through the week. I'll come to you first Ian, on on the first one. Uh, there was a whole business with Michael Stewart on on radio Scotland uh, he sort of had a, a, a go at James trainer and he's, he's been removed from he's not from his position but you know he's, he's it's almost like he's been suspended and the BBC are looking at his position and all that kind of stuff but personally speaking I have to say I, I don't have any great admiration for James trainer and I'm, I'm I can't say that I think he's doing a great job at Rangers. I think PR, their main job is to put fires out. I think our PR seems to start them at times. However, uh, I I think Michael Stewart overstepped the mark considerably with with some of his comments. Uh, And it seemed to be something that he'd been wanting to get out for a while, you know, and it seemed uh, scripted, pre rehearsed, you know, it it seemed like it was all set up, up for him to come out with this stuff. Now, it is what it is, I suppose. One thing I will say is, you know, I've seen people saying, oh, Michael Stewart should be reinstated, and the usual people that come in and support people in these positions, you're know, Graham Spears and all the rest, it's saying, oh, get him reinstated and all the rest of it. The, the thing with the BBC, I mean, you, you couldn't really say that the BBC have been overly friendly with Rangers over the last few years. There's obviously an issue with the BBC and Rangers at the moment. So if Michael Stewart has been told that he He's not allowed to, to, to be on any BBC programs at the moment. He has obviously overstepped the mark. But, you know, what really got me about the whole thing through the week because you had this, the, the thing with Celtic and Sky. The whole thing just is so tedious at the moment. It's just, it just seems tedious and petty and this, this sort of feeling of, you know, just get on with the game and, See what happens, and whoever gets the most points at the end of the season. It just seems to me that it's not just about on the park anymore. You know, there's all this stuff off the park. There's the media, there's PR, there's this, there's that. And I just find it all boring and really tedious. I just want to see two teams on a football partner Saturday playing one another, and then whoever wins, wins. All that stuff to know what about you. I, I just find it boring. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't know the ins and outs of this
1: uh, Michael Stewart thing. Uh, really to be quite honest I haven't heard what he said um, I'm no interested in hearing what he said I've never got any interest in hearing what he's got what he's got to say about anything really to be honest which is uh, why I, I neither watch uh, Sports Scene or listen to Sports Sound or, or uh, follow him on social media in fact uh, actively uh, block him on social media along with many others that I'm, I'm not interested in hearing about for exactly the same reason you know as you just said it's it's boring. It's tedious. It's agendas that are going on behind the scenes that are allowed to uh, to sort of uh, be played out in public. I mean, who cares? I mean, really. I mean, you know, you know, my, Michael Schur's obviously got issues with Rangers for one reason or another. Um, I don't care. I, I have no interest whatsoever in what he's got to say in any uh, in any context. And, you know, what he's got to say about James Trainer or or Rangers PR, I have no interest in either. Uh, Same with the Sky thing. Again, it's one of these things that I have no idea what it was all about, uh, to be quite honest, other than, you know, there was an interview with Morelos and there was a a bizarre uh, translation of it. These things happen all the time. You know, know, newspapers and television uh, programmes Mistranslate interviews all the time, uh, and there's never any huge fuss about it. Uh, I don't know what they, you know, I, I don't really understand why the Celtic were involved uh, in it, don't really understand why people are making accusations about Rangers. The whole thing to me is just who cares, you know, it's just, you know, sort of. You know, mindless tittle tattle. It's 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 almost the sort of stuff that happens in in lieu of uh, actually having anything worthwhile to talk about when it comes to football. Uh, you know, and, and that, that's a shame because you know at the moment there's a reasonably good story to tell in Scottish football. You know, Rangers and Celtic going for the title. Of Stephen Gerrard, the you know, you know, one of the, the superstars of world football over here. Uh, you know, as a manager of Rangers, Rangers have been out, uh, you know, the, the picture for so long, and, and now we've got a realistic chance of of winning the league. That should be the focus of what what the media is talking about, and what what every well, not even just the media, because it's not not it's not just the media. I mean, but everyone's guilty of it. You know, at, at one point or another, of, uh, of focusing on the, all these uh, these sort of uh, fringe elements of uh, of what's going on, and you know, th- but there there is actually a, a positive story to be be to be told about Scottish football just now, but as usual, you know, and, and it's been the case for the last ten years, you know, we just got to focus on all this uh, st- stupid stuff that is just so meaningless and so pointless, and it, it really is the sort of thing that is turning a lot of people off. I think, and you know, I, you know, I I have very little interest in and reading anything about Scottish football out with the, uh, you know, what happens on the on the, the, the day of the game. Uh, so I, I quite often don't know any of this sort of stuff that's going on. I have to, even when I come on here sometimes, I have to read up on things beforehand so I know what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> to me it's just, you know, un, unnecessary stuff. And, you know, I just want to, I would like to just get back to the days where we just spoke about the football and, you know, Leave it to that. There's plenty to talk about. So you know that you know that, and and we're we're given every time we talk about it, every time we we comment on it, every time people retweet them or or uh, respond to them or you know link to something in the sun, and we're all guilty of doing it. Um, you know that's encouraging it to to continue because you know you know the you know the clicks justify the, the comments so you know we, we should really just switch off from it all together I know that's probably not going to happen but you know that's my that's my well, you never
0: know you know never... yeah I, I mean I try and avoid it but uh sometimes it just gets the better you I suppose and you want to see nah, what's I, said, I, but... as
1: I say we're all guilty of I mean I do it myself and you know and, and I hate myself for doing it but you know yeah you know,
0: I know, I know. David, there was, a, there was another incident as well with, with Michael Beale. Uh He was given a five-match suspension. Two of those are suspended uh, for the incident uh, at Celtic Park. Now, again, I was really surprised when I read the, the, the sort of length of the ban. Uh, he has admitted since that he called Clancy a cheat, which I don't see the problem with because he pretty much is a cheat <laughs> in my eyes. Uh, but, you know, when you look at stuff like the, the the incident with Lee Griffiths last week, when he when he, when he actually turned round to make sure that he 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 stood in the boy at Hamilton. There's this lack of consistency when it comes to punishment from from the SFA and from referees. It it surely needs to be fixed. Soon.
2: um yeah, I was quite surprised because to be honest, so much time had passed that I'd actually forgotten about that uh, Michael Beale thing. So. To get five games, I think, seems uh, excessive, um, to say the least. And, yeah, I mean, I'd need to really know the rules and stuff like that. If he did call the ref a cheat, that's, you know, unless you're calling Armstrong, you really shouldn't be doing things like that. So, um, yeah, I think for a coach to say to say something like that, you know, you've maybe got to, got to watch what you're... You're doing, but what does that merit a five-game ban? Probably not. Um, and I think it just adds to this weird, this weird logic that the, the what's he call them again? What's what's her name again? The,
0: the the compliance officer.
2: Compliance officer. Yeah, I can't even remember the job title, but um, seems to just make up whatever uh, bans come to mind. Just just as it crosses her desk, I feel. Um, there doesn't seem to be a great deal of consistency. And I think when you look at the aggression that was shown, then let's face it from both benches that night Easter Road, you know, there was a bit there's a bit of needle there. Um and for them to then get less than Michael Beale got doesn't really make much sense. Um if they'd get five and he'd got three or whatever it was, would understood stood that a bit more. But again, it's just that it's an example of the inconsistencies that this it's not just this current compliance officer because it was the same with the 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 guy that had it had it before um, just this sort of it's as if they're are making up these these punishments in their head um, and then dishing them out and it, yeah I don't know I don't know really, really get it and I, I think again like I said about referees earlier I just think there's a, an incompetence there um, within the SFA that just doesn't really understand. What
0: they're what they're punishing and what the the punishment should be for for offence. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I I, I mean there was obviously an incident at Easter Road. Michael Beale was also involved with John Kennedy at, at Celtic, but five games. It just it just I was stunned, and I think most people were when I was looking at comments on social media. Yeah, I think most people were quite stunned at the, at the length of the ban, and it it just seems that as Definitely inconsistency when it comes to to, to out know, the the punishments. Guys, conscious of time, so do a quick preview for the game on Wednesday night. Obviously, it's going to be another difficult night. We we'll, we'll always, you know, have a half game most times when we go to Rugby Park. It's another artificial surface. Uh, both games earlier on this season were tight. We have got the last minute winner on at Rugby Park on the opening day of the season. And then there was a game in Boxing Day that you spoke about earlier on, David, when Morelos came on and we kind of huffed and puffed and he had to come on and and sort of dig us out a hole a wee bit. Uh, It seems to me it's one of those games that, you know, given where we are at the moment and given that we we went into the break on a high and we've come back and sort of huffed and puffed, it could be a a sort of crunch moment and one that could really test the mentality Uh, in this Rangers team, Ian, it, but it's, it's also an opportunity for them like, to make a statement. Uh, so, how are you feeling about Wednesday?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be strangely, I feel quite confident actually going into this. I mean, it should be a difficult game, you know, the plastic pitch, really bad plastic pitch as well. Uh, don't know what the weather's going to be like by then, but I don't imagine it's going to be great. But, and you know, come on, doing better now than they were, but you know, I just think i think i I think the players that there's a lot of people have said you know these players you know like bottle and they don't have the mentality. I'm not sure that I agree with that. I think you know there's been plenty of occasions where they've shown that they, they do have the the bottle to go into these games and 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 do well, and you know there's been a few occasions this season where we were pulled out of the bag at the last minute, and that's that's you could argue is down to having the right mentality. So I think they'll go into this game knowing that they have to win it, and I think they'll go out and I think they'll do well, and I think we'll we'll win. I think we'll win two or three nil, to be quite honest.
0: What about yourself, David? You've obviously got a vested interest in this, given your previous career. Uh, what's your predictions for Wednesday? Um, I don't
2: know. I never like to to think too much because I, I always feel like we, we struggle down there. Um, so yeah, I'd like to think, I'd like to share uh, Ian's confidence, but I think probably take a 1-0 or a 2-1 uh, again would, would suit me. Because um, I just, I can see being stuffy and I think that way we've been playing, it's maybe not just going to be quite as, as straightforward as we'd hope. but let's wait and see and, and all going well. And, um,
0: we'll get the three points and just be able to move on. Well, I'm kind of hoping. I've been waiting. I, I thought the Aberdeen game, when I turned up at the Aberdeen game, there was a wee bit of an atmosphere there. It was a bit of an edge. I thought this will be the game that wakes us up. Obviously, that wasn't the case. Went to Habs. thought this will be the game where we wake up. Not the case. I'm just, I, I'm just waiting for Rangers to just sort of kick back into gear again. So I'm hoping, uh, obviously, Wednesday night, That'll be the time that they do it. But, guys, looking at the time, I think that's uh, that's us for tonight. So, a big, a big thanks to Ian and David for their contributions tonight. Uh, and that's it for this episode of the JerzNet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is made by fans for fans, where all the content is free. We'll be here next week. There's obviously the games. Uh, at Calais on Wednesday night and we have a game next week against Livingston at Ibrox. We'll be looking at those two games and bits and bobs and I, I believe the following week we'll, we're back in Europe. we uh, will be previewing that. So lots to come next week. In the meantime, before before we're on air next week, get yourself on to the Gersnet website and forums at www.gersnet.co.uk and until the next time, bye for now.